When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm franny benali and you're listening to in that number and then they lift one over the top for danny ings ings in the box oh to his left foot brilliant oh Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 105, VAR Wars, The Phantom Handball. Today, we have a further two games to go over. Firstly, Arsenal from Tuesday night, and then that Aston Villa game on Saturday night. We'll discuss all the misfortunes and the anger with Tim Bizantz, but first, the Moscow mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, how are you this week? Anger is definitely the word. Uh, Anger and and fear, thanks to all of those terrible injuries. But you know that fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Yeah, We're on the path to the dark side, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think we all are this week. It's it's not been a good one, has it? The farce awakens. The farce is with us, (laughs) yeah. May the fast be with you. Yes. Um, uh, Tim, how are things your end? Things are a bit crazy over here. Uh, I found out there's actually hardwood underneath the carpet that I was going to install or install in our house. Oh, that's a bonus. It's, or, or, 
Yeah, that's amazing. It's original. It's in beautiful condition. It's this nice, beautiful red oak. And we're supposed to get stuff installed on Monday. And we have all this new hardware that just got delivered, and we have this beautiful stuff that's underneath that we're there. We'd feel so bad to actually have it uh, be removed. But a bit of a conundrum. A hardwood bonus. <laughs> yeah, a good hardwood bonus. I'm, that's definitely a good thing. But well, it's it'll be tricky because we don't. We had all this crew coming in, hard, you know, home improvement stuff. Lots of craziness going on, and then add uh, f- fuel to the fire. And this weekend with both these games has been fun. Yes. Yes, those games. We'll get to it in a bit. But uh, before we get going any further, I'd just like to say. Congratulations to friend of the show, Kurt Supple. He and his wife, Alison, have just welcomed their first child into the world. Yeah. New saint goes marching in. Exactly. Yeah, Arthur, Joseph, another little saint, as you say. Um, yeah, just wish you all the best with everything. Uh, keep those pictures coming. It was amazing news. We needed some amazing news this week. So, yeah, well done, guys. And, you know, you managed to see the Bucks win over, you know, win the AFC Championship hours before. So it's a good start to life this little guy's got as well, you know. Born into a world where Tampa Bay Lightning are the Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Rays are the Eastern champions, uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading to the Super Bowl next weekend. So, Oh, and of course, Saints are going to win the FA Cup. So, uh, yeah, good start to life. Yeah. Yeah, if that's all true, then yeah, definitely. <laughs> Congrats. Yes. Um, guys, I thought I'd try and lighten the mood with a joke. Okay. Okay? So, Ralph Hasenhutl, Mikhail Arteta, Jurgen Klopp, and Steve Bruce entered a pub. <laughs> I know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> Jose bought them all a drink. Once they'd finished, Arteta got around him. Then Klopp put his hand in his pocket. Then Steve Bruce got the beers in. Once they'd all consumed four beers, Ralph went to the bar, bought a drink for himself only, sat at the table. They all looked at him before Arteta said, Excuse me, Ralph, what about us? Ralph looked at them and said, Sorry, lads, this is the fifth round and none of you are in it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a few seasons since we've been able to crack that joke. <laughs> Indeed it has. Uh, Tim, do you have a teaser this week? Yeah. So would you would you rather have an uncontrollable itch that uh, attacks at sporadic times or always have chapped lips? I think the chapped lips. Uh, I'm going to go with the itch. Yeah, it depends on where the itch is and how frequent and all that, but it's sporadic, so you never know. At least with chap lips, you can always use chapstick or burst bees or whatever. Yeah, see, you this need. is the thing. I can't put anything on my lips because it feels weird. It just I don't like putting any like lotions or whatever it is on my lip. I just don't like it. I think you need to if you live in a place like this. Yeah, well, I mean, I used I used to work outside in the winters, didn't I? And it used to get really really bad. But I'd rather that than have a, than put you know chapstick on. It just I just didn't like it, just not the feel of it, but yeah, so I'll, I'll take, I'd, I'd rather have that. You know, it all, it just all depends on the itch, if, and how sporadic it is, but guarantee. Yeah, wh- where is this itch? Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't explain, it's ambiguous, you could, you could, you could take a guess, but, uh, always having chapped lips, at least, you know, you can attack that with, with other types of remedies, obviously with chapstick, but then, you know, there's other medical stuff. If you're consistently having dry skin, you can, you can work to that. But if you have an itch that you can't control, it's hard. Or if it's, if it's in a place that you're not allowed to scratch, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like a, like a tingle in your butt hair, you know, it's, <laughs> it can't, it's always yeah. going to be really awkward. Thank goodness for working online. <laughs> 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 yes. 
Yeah, it's not, not the, quite the same for me, but yeah. Um, right, guys, uh, ITN news? Let's do it. Come on, then. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Uh, Start off with Southampton mourned the death of former assistant manager John Mortimer, who passed away on Tuesday the 26th of January at the age of 86. Uh, We would wear black armbands against Aston Villa on Saturday evening. Our FA Cup fifth round tie at Molyneux will be played on Thursday the 11th of February at 5.30pm, and that will be televised on BT Sports. Kev, have you, have you heard of this um, uh, this new initiative, the halo effect? Yeah, it sounds like some sort of strange pseudo-scientific um, cult or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, a new, it's a new sustainability project for right, yeah, out environmental programmes such as like the Homegrown Initiative, alongside initiatives tackling our corporate fan and social responsibilities to ensure a sustainable future for the club, the fans and the community. They are committed to being carbon neutral by 2030. For every academy player that makes their first team debut, the club will plant 250 trees. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's commendable. A commitment to the environment. Can't ever say anything bad about that, can you? And is that them also committing to getting more youth players in yeah. into the first team. Well, maybe, maybe it's a slight silver lining for the ridiculous amount of injuries we've got, which has meant that we've had to introduce so many of the youngsters <laughs> over the last few weeks. And one of those youngsters, Nathan Teller, uh, will be will not be representing England on the international scene. He has chose to play for Nigeria. The B team were in action in the week uh, for the first time since that 5-2 whipping of Leicester on December the 12th. They played West Ham on Friday night, and it wasn't good, I'm afraid. Uh, a 3-1 away loss. We started quite well, conceded against the run of play, a bit like yesterday, uh, and couldn't do enough to claw it back. Uh, Kazim Alegbi with our only goal. Lots of injuries filtering down to the Bs too, with the likes of like you know Smallbone, Teller, Watts, and Tyreek Johnson all involved with the first team. And Johnson's been transferred out as well, of course. Um, so it gave some under-18s a chance to start, so... Maybe it was, they weren't quite ready for it, but yeah, 3-1 loss. Tim, injury report. I mean, just when we think we're getting some depth back, we, we lose three more in the Villa game. Um, so, yeah. And Will Smallbone had his operation, didn't he? So he put a post on Friday saying that he's on the road to recovery. So have we got any yeah. any more good news in this injury crisis? I mean, if it gets any worse, Tim's going to have to... We have to create a spin-off podcast uh, just for the injury report. Yeah. <laughs> So I had to actually go to Wikipedia to make sure I had the full roster to look at how many and see how many people uh, that we had on the injury report. Because we have 23 people on the main roster in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 of the main 23 people on the roster have been either out injured in the last month or are currently out injured. That's bullshit. Holy fuck. It's literally half of our team. Our senior team is out on injury. So absolutely ridiculous. Um, so Smallbone, Obafemi out for the rest of the year, uh, or at least the rest of the season. Uh, Salisu, uh, MIA, don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Walcott apparently had a very serious hamstring injury as we saw he walked off. I don't expect him back for at least another month. 
Uh, Tella, still unknown at this time. Diallo came off with an injury yesterday. Unsure of exactly where we were at with that. No, no immediate updates, but that does seem a little bit more promising than Walcott had. I don't know what's going on with KWP's thigh injury. It's still an unknown return date. Vestigard supposedly is supposed to return in February. Let's hope he can return ASAP because we absolutely need some depth and maybe we can bump, uh, Stevens out to right back then, uh, because there's, he, Ralph doesn't trust Valerie. Um, uh, on that, Tim, I, I've, I heard that Yannick Vestergaard is set to be returning to training next week. So that can't come soon be, enough, really, could it? That can't come soon enough. So Romeo just came back after his calf, uh, calf strain. Uh, Redmond came back as well, right into the starting lineup. Ing has, has been out for a little bit here and there, and Gineppo is back for good or at least for good for now, and we'll see how long he can last before he gets back on the injury table. Probably Tuesday. Um, Romeo went off limping, though, didn't he, yesterday? Yes, yes, he did. So Romeo uh, potentially could have either aggravated anything that he had going on. We'll we'll find out. He the, Of the three from yesterday, Romeo, uh, Diallo, and Walcott, the, the subs were done based on some type of injury concern. So maybe Yankovitz is going to get his start, whether or not he – Probably. You know, he, he said he wanted starting minutes and I, you know, in the few minutes that we saw him in the FA Cup and in the, uh, in the, la- in the last few minutes, the energy level shown in, at the end of the Aston Villa game, uh, you might have to do it. We might have yeah. to play him and JWP and then Valerie is just going to hate it, you know. Well, but we'll go, we'll go into the games further than that. Just a lot of, a lot of injuries right now. There's a lot of things coming up and a lot of problems and it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Just on, um, on Yankovic. Sorry, Kev. Um, exactly. Yeah. Just him going in on his first start potentially. And Ralph says, yeah, you're starting in the center today. Oh, by the way, you're up against Pogba and Fernandez. <laughs> Good luck, lad. He wants it. He, trial by fire. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say something about Yankovic, but we're going to talk about it in the roundabout, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And on that, we'll, uh, we'll go into the transfer roundabout then. Hop on, kids. <laughs> then the transfer roundabout we have until 11 p.m on monday the 1st of february until the window slams shut um, but there are some deals that have been done josh sims has rejoined doncaster rovers on loan until the end of the season but his contract is up then too so that is it for him at southampton it's all over uh it's a sad one i think because i think you know he's had potential and but yeah, I would have thought that Ralph would have liked to have given him a chance, but you know, that, that, that's a shame. Uh, Jake Vokins has joined Sunderland on loan until the end of the season. Uh, good move for him, Kev. Uh, just not so sure it's great for us. I mean, yeah, for him, he's going to definitely get regular game time down in League One, right? Um, they're pushing for promotion again. Um, just like, uh, another certain team. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit sad really because this is his opportunity with uh, Bertrand out, that was his opportunity uh, to squeeze his way into that first team. Um, with a lot of defenders out, you know, who knows, with a good performance, he might be forced into play at right back. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a damning indictment of his performance against Arsenal, I suppose, that he's uh, not even deemed an option. Yeah, I mean, Ralph defended his decision, saying it was clear from that Arsenal game that he needs time, and it's time that we mm-hmm. can't give him right now, uh, but we are looking for a replacement. So it's like, well, 
hang on a sec, if we're looking for a replacement, does that mean the replacement won't get time either? I, I mean, it just shows that he's not, he hasn't got any trust in him. Yeah, it's a weird one. Bit of bad news, I guess. Um, Alex Jankovic apparently handed in a transfer request because um, he wants more playing time, but the club have declined it. I think things become pretty strange there. But, I, I mean, I don't see his rush, to be honest. He's 19 years old. He knows he's going to get time under Ralph. And if he wants first-team football, surely a loan would do for now, right? Well, yeah, I mean, especially now, um, since he's you know, just been promoted into the first team. Um, above, you know, a talented bunch. Um, he's looked impressive, and everyone's got good things to say about him. They want to see more of him. And he's just, I mean, probably not him. It's going to be in his, his agent, isn't it? But Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit silly, really. But um, Southampton have been quite firm about it and said that you're not going anywhere, Mush. So, yeah. Inns, then. Uh, Ralph has said good players cost a lot of money and we don't have money. So it just seems mm. to be like a, a frustrating time right now for him. Starting to feel the pressure of everything, I guess. Um, I mean, Brandon Williams, that seems to be dead in the water now as well. Ollie said he's not going anywhere. Uh, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles was, well, it still is a possibility, but West Brom are interested and he said to favour a move to West Brom for a better team, sorry, for the better first team opportunities. But, you know, he's going to be in for a relegation scrap there, isn't he? So I don't quite get that. But apparently it, from a couple of hours ago, Leicester have said that they are interested. Um, so that would be that one then, wouldn't it? Because it will obviously go to Leicester. Hey, I mean, they've got a whole carousel of um, fullbacks at Leicester. I don't understand that. I mean, if you want some more game time, we've got injury issues here. And, um, OK, we're not playing European football, but we're on on a cup run. Uh, I think he'd definitely get some game time. And, yeah, if you're choosing to play under Ralph or Big Sam, that's a bit of a no-brainer for me. And it's just straight up the M3, isn't it? Oh, uh, Yeah. Um, have you had any more ins at all, Kev? Unfortunately, no. I mean, you know, you can look as far as you want, and we've got less than 24 hours to go, and it's looking pretty barren. And with Vokin's gone, you've got to think that, yeah, baby bathwater. I mean, maybe it's a one-in-one-out situation, but, I mean, I was expecting once Vokin's was announced as leaving that, you know, we'd have someone coming in soon. Doesn't look that way. I mean, I hope we're surprised. By the time this comes out, maybe people will know. But, uh, yeah, I'm worried. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, Tim. Yeah, Junior Furpro, uh, they had a bid rejected, according to a few different sources out there. It's a million-plus salary because of the whole shenanigans going over at Barcelona. Would have been a great fit, uh, especially at the left-back role. But uh, they obviously nixed that one real quick. Um, I think that is it for the transfer Roundabout then. So recently, uh, the Premier League decided to announce that they're going to allow concussion substitutions. And it's really fascinating to me as somebody who's been in the field and want, want, wants to talk about it and what they use in a couple different types of tests alongside what are the ter- determining factors for it. So in doing so, when it comes to an actual concussion test on the, on the field, what they're looking at is called the Glasgow Coma Scale. And that's uh, looking at eye responses, 
verbal responses, and then also uh, your motor responses. And a score based upon a specific criteria leading up to it is if you've met that met that criteria, you would then be considered or have been uh, at some t- some point in time comatose or knocked out from a concussion. Now, while you still may be able to have a concussion uh, while not being knocked out, it's a this is an absolute or pretty darn close to definitive measure to know that if you were knocked out, you'd easily have some of these responses to be able to be yanked from the from the field. Secondly, is Maddox score, and Maddox is a measurement of memory, and they'll ask generic memory questions, and you say, oh. Do you, do you know what your name is? Uh, what street do you live on? You know, who's the current president? Uh, what was the score between was... Saints and Leicester in October 2019? Yeah, what's what's we're not here to cause them, uh, you know, nightmares. We're just here to go, cause them normal damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, permanent damage. So. Uh, seeing that with with Maddox squared, those are some of the questions they're also asking. And then and on top of that, they're also measuring symptoms and evaluations. So this could be, range anywhere between headache, neck pain, dizziness, sensitivity to light or noise, uh, their confusion or drowsiness or sounds sadness. like a normal Sunday morning for Kevin. <laughs> so all of these <laughs> so all of these factors come into play based upon what is necessary for the individual. So using these questions, what they're asking for to the, uh, to the player on the field, um, they're checking their, you know, they're checking their eyes. They're checking if they're able to speak on these things. They're checking for any abnormal pain. Uh, if they sensitivity to light, all these factors can definitely lead into what would lead to a concussion sub. So to me, I'm really excited for this because not, they're going to be offering two subs and, in lieu of if an individual gets a subbed out via the concussion rule, the other team gets this gets a, another sub on top of it to, e- to yeah, equal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, so go, that's me, going live next week, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is going live. Um, the first match is supposed to be for the Austin Villa Arsenal game, and it will run through the end of the 2021 season, but also can be extended through 21 21 to 22. Uh, so this is a Great opportunity for the Premier League to take super consideration of its players and to take the step up to know that concussions are a big deal. You might have seen the stories about, was it, uh, Toby, uh, Vertongen talking about how he had concussion-like symptoms for months afterwards, uh, when he, when he got one in this past December. So crazy to think about. Really happy, really excited, and I'm looking forward to its use and its proper use um, because concussions, head injuries are a real significant thing on top of everything else that comes with uh, maintaining your body and playing soccer. Yeah, it's good, and I I can't think of anyone who thinks it's a bad idea. So, yeah, let's welcome this one. Um, Right, Kevin, Tim, should we go into the Arsenal game? No, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then we'll skip straight to the Aston Villa game. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck that. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tim. Uh, extra time second. All right, let's do it. Let's get this over with. <laughs> okay, then, Arsenal from Tuesday, the 26th of January. Going into this one and off the back of that fourth-round cup win, uh, but Premier League record against the Gunners is woeful. One win in our last ten. A 3-2 home win back in December 2018. Uh, and in Premier League history, Saints have only won seven, all of which at home. 
Uh, Arsenal form in the league was picking up and they were looking to win their third consecutive away game. The last time that happened was October 2018. They've had a run of winning four of the last five, drawing one and conceding just one goal in that time. But our home record has greatly improved, of course. Six home clean sheets, as many as we had in the 2018, 19 and 1920 seasons combined. Although home and away this season matters for nothing, really, doesn't it? But, um, it proved so on Tuesday night, a 3-1 loss to Arsenal. Armstrong opening the scoring after just three minutes, but five minutes later, Nicola Pepe equalised. Saka gave them the lead, um, a lead which would increase thanks to Lacazette, who added their third in the 79th minute for a convincing win. Uh, that 11, then. McCarthy, Valerie, Vokins, Bednarik, Stevens, Walcott, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Diallo, Adams, Ings. And a bench of Forster, Watts, Ramsey, Ferry and Lundaloo, Long, Redmond, Jankovic and Schalke. Um, two forced changes from that win against Arsenal in the Cup. Then Valerie and Vokins coming in for the injured Walker-Peters and suspended Ryan Bertrand. That booking against Leicester was funny as it was. Really came up to bite us in the ass though, didn't it? Um, <laughs> We knew it would, we knew. Uh, McCarthy steps back into the fold. Uh, James Wood-Prowse making his 300th appearance also. Um, Kevin, I mean, the only question going into this one then was the fullbacks. Um, yeah. We hinted at a possible formation change, but we never really believed that he would do that. Um, the obvious solution, start Valerie and Vokens, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, um, well, that worked out well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to say, I mean, it's the strongest side he could have fielded, really, without playing uh, people out of position. Um, I mean, there's potentially other. Um, I mean, just Redmond off the bench. And, yeah, the rest of them are youngsters and Shane Lund. So, yeah, I think there's two possible solutions to our terrible injury crisis. I think it is a crisis now. Um, he's tried that with our second string fullbacks and now with the Arsenal game he's tried playing players out of position which has really worked out brilliantly I mean in terms of results I mean it's debatable which is the preferable solution <laughs> um, going on to play United and Newcastle it'd be interesting to see what he cooks up oh god Sort of a sudden looking really grim, isn't it? Uh, Tim, given, well, I mean, I've got it down here as a minor crisis at fullback, but Kev's just called it, you know, a major one. Um, were you concerned at all going into this game? So what this ultimately decided for me is that the formation is not changing. If there was any chance that your thought that he could have potentially changed the formation and considered going like five at the back where we had when we first started with him, that's no that's no longer happening. He is locked into the four two 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 going forward. So he put Valerie and Vokins in uh for a couple of reasons. One is they are the natural slots to put put into that, but also as a testament to not change it and to almost and actually to tell the board that if these guys do great, great, but if they fuck up these, this is the positions where we need the most improvement at and we need to, and we need to get that taken care of. So overall, to me, uh, I'm comfortable because I trust in Ralph and his judgment when it comes to selecting players. And I think he's putting the best tools that he can in the positions based on the skill, based on the system he's built. But ultimately, uh, it wasn't the, the most successful outcome as he had. And 
I'm glad we tried, but I would have preferred a much bit better option otherwise. So we didn't really have a choice and we went with them and uh, we'll talk about how they messed up here and there throughout the game. <laughs> Slim pickings. Yeah. Um, Kevin, it didn't take long for the action to kick in, did it? Lacazette bearing down on McCarthy. He makes a brilliant save uh, and bows out an uncharacteristic bad pass from uh, Bednarik. Uh, but moments later, Stuart Armstrong finds the net from a well-worked corner. And, yeah, nice, lovely early goal to ease the nerves. Just before the goal, um, it was uh, praise where praise is due. Um, Jack fucking Stevens, brilliant long ball to Valerie, who gets a cross in. And Ings' header just comes off of Holdings, noggin, and that goes out for a corner. And, yeah, Browski manages to direct it straight at the penalty spot. And Armstrong's allowed just uh, an acre of space there and then blast it in. Leno, he does reach it, but not quite enough. But yeah, nice little blast from Armstrong there. Yeah, yeah, he didn't catch it great either, did he? He kind of hit it into the ground, but who gives a fuck? It went in. So yeah, nice, easy, 1-0. Uh, started quite well. Uh, and then Tim, the equaliser didn't take long after that either, did it? I mean... Was it Pepe? Yes, Pepe slotting it away from a, a, a lovely Granite Xhaka through ball. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of the opposite goal to our goal that we scored against them in the cup. But you know, this time we tried to build out from the back, but we got swarmed. Mm-hmm. Seeing the the Pepe goal, Valerie was caught high and wide, exposed in that in that considering himself more of a wing back than in that right back position. It was his role, and he pretty much. Uh, would have gotten a penalty because of the way he pretty much just jumped on his back. Pepe fought through it with a beautiful ball from Xhaka, and it's 1-1. So they found the space and the gap between, and they took it to us. Yeah, they did. And and Kevin, we we, we struggled really to build out from the back, play our you know usual game, well, couldn't really get a, str- a strangle on this it. Is it. I mean, you could see that that was the plan. And yeah, Jack fucking Stevens, he is known for his... Um, Nice long balls, uh, like Janet Vestergaard. Uh, but yeah, under pressure from Lacazette, really poor. I mean, Arsenal did remember that you, you know you're allowed to to put pressure on when you're off the ball. And um, yeah, Stevens just just fucked it up. Um, Lacazette wins the ball and quickly plays it to Saka. Um, they have a really well managed counter attack and. Yeah, I mean, it's Bednarik and, and Valerie. That ball just goes straight through him. Um, by the time Valerie gets to Pepe, he's on the wrong side of him and there's nothing that he can do. And yeah, I, mean, I think they kind of spotted those weaknesses and, and played on them throughout the match. But Kev, Stuart Armstrong, I thought he was superb in that first half. I thought every, yeah, one... every chance that we created, he seemed to be involved. He was just everywhere. He's backtracking well, winning possession. He was doing those little marauding runs. It was being very mm-hmm. direct, you know, a proper menace, a phantom menace. Um, yeah, and yeah, he, I, he outsmarted Bellerin down that left and got him a book in as well. So that that was nice. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, yeah, I think he was the most uh, in, inspiring of the lot of them because um, we weren't really doing much in that first half, especially after their, their first goal. Uh, yeah, we do seem to be deflated by, you know, Al again. We've conceded. Why do we go from here? Um, Although, I mean, we're probably going to end up criticising the fullbacks quite a lot. But I think the criticism is that, I mean, going forward, they're fine. 
you know, as, as wing backs, uh, Valerie seems to be kind of reinvented as a, a right winger or a right wing back. And that's fine. But yeah, when you need them to track back, when you need them to, um, to mark, uh, mark the attacking player falls flat and they're both, I mean, maybe it's their, their physique or, or their frame. I mean, they can, they can run, they can get back maybe, but, um, just physically they can get beaten too much. But like Vokens, he played quite well with um, Armstrong down that left. Um, some some good one-two and uh, crossing over and getting the ball into the box. But you know when when the attack does finish, uh, it's just a, a bit slow getting back. I mean, we we, we created very little, and, and Vokins did provide a, you know, a decent cross at one point, didn't he? Which forced a good save from I think it was yeah, it was a Shea Adams header, wasn't it? It went out for a corner, and we conceded five minutes before the half um, for another through ball catching us off guard and Saka rounds Maka <laughs> to give them the lead. Um, Tim, thoughts on Maka there? Oh, that was poor choice on his end. Vulcan's got a little bit caught out of position. I recognize that it may have not been as bad as it looks, but seeing it, he's definitely out of position. And then McCarthy just takes the absolute wrong uh, attention to detail there. He thinks that he's got a, the, abil- the ability to get the step in. He's way – he had to go in because he was committed at that point. Uh, overall, it was just poor. And he got round. McCarthy just rounded him of all things. So, uh, good for Saka because he's got that quick touch and was able to push past it. But McCarthy, you got to do better. You got to do better. Yeah, he, he's a loud one though, isn't he? I mean, he's been, he hasn't been the problem for us this year. He's. That's. I think that's his first pure mistake that has been on his end that, out of any goal that we've had so far. Like that's. It's been that's purely on him. And it sucks, but yeah, if it's one, everybody gets one. Let's not make it a habit. He did it against Arsenal last year as well after Project Restart, if I remember oh, that back. God, so yeah, that wayward back pass. Yeah. Must have a thing for um, Arsenal. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's something about it that the way I mean, you say he commits, but um, he doesn't really do either. He can either you know <laughs> stay more or less on his line and deal with the shot when it comes, or charge him. I mean, you could even get outside the area and tackle him and, all right, get a book in. But I would have forgiven him for that. You would have yeah. got a red card for that. Yeah, well, yeah, still, it, dep- it, depends you, the, it depends if the There's nobody else around. on goal. There yeah. is nobody. He would, he would have gotten a red card for that. He would have well deserved a red card. Hmm. Yeah, he would have gotten a red card for sure because he was out of the box. And if you just go up and tackle the guy, you know, he was thinking about going in for a slide tackle there and to potentially mm-hmm. do yeah. it. Well, if you're gonna do something yeah. wrong, do it right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna, like like Bertrand, if you're gonna go all in, go all in. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ralph did try and change uh, a few things. Well, he tried to change the outcome a little bit. Redmond came on for Vokins, and that didn't quite go to plan, did it? Um, Lacazette uh, put the game to bed then, didn't he? And, and after which, Ralph Ralph decided to give up and, and to give some rest to key players like Theo and Danny came off for. Watts and Lulu. Um, Kevin, uh, your thoughts on Danny Ings' performance and the 74 minutes that he had? It's strange that um, I got up and applauded when um, Ings came off. Uh, You don't say that very often, but um, he didn't have a particularly good game at all. Um, uh, Neither did Walcott. And uh, I mean, I, I feel sorry for Ralph because you, you get to that point and you've got to have a you know a plan to turn things around. But with that bench, 
I mean, what plans can you have? But yeah, I mean, as far as things is concerned, I mean, he was practically invisible, really. I mean, he had a couple of moments. Um, I mean, yeah, he was starred for the service, but um, I mean, no, nobody makes his own work. He can uh, get into the difficult positions and find the ball go on the break, put pressure on the opposition defence, but um, he didn't really see any of that. I mean, the chances he did didn't really do much with it at all. I mean, there was uh, one point beginning of the second half um, where, you know, you're thinking, oh, right, um, Ings is up to his usual tricks, you know, beating several defenders, dropping into that little space, getting the ball in his right and um, aiming for the far post. Uh, but rather than shoot, he just runs straight to the goal line like we used to see in Redmond do and just have me scratching my head. It, it, it's a tough one. I don't know. It's, it, he's not really back up to form. Dare I say it, is his head elsewhere? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you, you could potentially say that. Um, he doesn't have he to. He doesn't have to score, recovered? does he? He does not have to score to have a good game. No. We've seen that before, but he's not doing any at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same for Adams and Walcott. But if you know, if none of them are scoring, then we've got a real problem. You've got three attacking players who aren't scoring goals. Yeah, and and Tim, uh, Kev brought up Walcott there. And I want to focus on him as well for a bit. He was also taken off after 74 minutes. Um, He appeared to be wasteful again. And, you know, when it matters the most, when he arrived, everyone seemed excited for him. You know, it's those same people now who are giving him a hard time. He is going through it a bit. His form. Well, it has dipped quite a bit, quite significantly. But is this form a concern, or do you think he just needs a rest? I want to give Walcott praise for what he's been able to do so far. Is he's been able to slot in completely in three different roles or positions. He's played out wide on both sides, and he's played up top. So having that versatility for the team has been great. Uh, for the game against Arsenal, he, play, he played on the right side, atta- right attacking side. So he, it was his role to make sure and have cover for Valerie, who we, we know is going to bomb forward and get going. Um, but in doing so, they didn't click very well throughout the game. So no, there's going to be nothing new that I want to say that it can be frustrating for what Walcott is. He's a, he's extremely hard worker. He's a great quality person. He's well-spoken. He can make the runs, and he's good at finding uh, the decent positioning in the space, in the half spaces or being able to break the lines. Um, he is okay defensive skills. He's not the best, but he can manage. Um, but overall, he, his finishing is poor. And seeing that on the 17th minute, Walcott had a significant chance there going from right to left, uh, when looking at the screen. Uh, he just didn't, he, he just feels like the touch to get to the goal is not there for him. And I don't know what's going on or how that's been. And I don't haven't followed him long enough to know that. Uh, but I just know that that's what it's been like. And it's consistent throughout the, this year as well. Um, you know, and then in the 50th minute, he had a decent shot on goal, but it was straight at the keeper. Um, but besides that, I saw no little impact at all outside of him being able to rotate side to side and run around and make, I don't know, he's like a, if you want to go to it, you know, he's not Shane Long level, but he's definitely making an impact by being there. But the beyond being there and being in the positions that may def- deter the challenge or the deter to the attack or 
be able to potentially make the run, he's not doing a whole lot. And we saw in his first couple games, though, he did make that instant impact. He had an assist right in the, in the first game. Uh, he set a couple goals. He, he looked really good, good attitude, all of that. So overall, I think he's he hasn't been as good as he was earlier in the season. And his what he's doing is what we expect it should be expected of at the beginning of the season and where he's at now. One, one thing I do want to say, is there a reason that we're not mentioning that third Arsenal goal? Cedric uh, Wondercross to Saka. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah what, okay, what, yeah, what, a ta- what a time for Cedric to have his best game at St. Mary's, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's precisely what I was going to say. Yeah. He never did that for us. I mean, he, he, he talked it up a lot, but we never really saw it. But wow. Yeah. He had a, a brilliant game. We were really slagging him off um, when we played Arsenal in the cup. Wondering what the fuck he was doing there. But, yeah, um, playing at left back too, a right a right footed left back. He's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, yeah, good luck to him. But um, yeah, I mean, all in all, um, I think yeah, Arsenal. Um, once they got ahead, they sat back well, held off. Yeah, held off Adams and Ings um, very well. And yeah, that high line we are playing, um, especially the fullbacks that let Arsenal play inside of them. Um, Arsenal were much wiser to that. Um, just weren't strong enough and disciplined enough in defence. Uh, Diallo, when he was playing there, right back they put him in. I think he was a bit, bit better defensively than than Valerie when he played there, which is uh, yeah probably he's probably worth a mention for for man of the match there. But yeah, I think clearly Armstrong, best player on the pitch throughout the ninety minutes. He was the, he was our only hope. <laughs> That's good, Kev. I like it. It was definitely a letdown that we won the previous game and then get smacked three one back three four days later. I think they were able to figure us out a little bit more and then expose the fullbacks and some of the positioning of our players. Uh, they made the attention. I, looking back on it, would you have rather won the FA Cup? And you guys can answer this. Would you rather win the FA Cup game or the Premier League game? I still would, I would have taken the FA Cup game because you just yeah. knocked out, you knocked out the Me title too. holders and you know we're gonna, we're not gonna be, you know, we might be able to push for that seventh, seventh spot, but realistically we're still mid table and getting it, getting it a hell of a run in an FA Cup is something that we can definitely do and um, would love to see. Plus- um, Arteta didn't really field a full strength side against us in the cup, so they were there for the taking. Whereas um, they kind of learned from that in in this game. Mm-hmm. To to me, I'm gladly I'll take the FA Cup win. Uh, James Ward-Prowse is my man of the match. I think he's just been he was all over the place, did his role, had the assist, and played defensively well and met the match for a neutralized uh, Partey. I think that was his best. Uh, neutralized uh, ESR and Partey very well. Nice. Okay, I'm going to give it to Stuart Armstrong, too. I think it was a no-brainer for me. I think, you know, first half, he was he was everything good. Bags of energy. Faded in the second, but who didn't? Um, took his goal well. Had most interceptions as well. So, yeah. Um, question, guys. Who had the best pressing stats, do you think? Uh, Diallo? Nope. Romeo? Nope. It was Valerie. Romeo didn't even play, so that would be difficult. <laughs> Oh yeah, he didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, so they, they, re- they reward Valerie with uh, the most pressing stat, the best pressing stats, and they put him on the bench. 
Um, right, okay, so we're going to the Villa game then. Uh, going in to the evening game, uh, question marks over our form and fear we might have just hit a mid-season wall. Uh, we've lost our last two Premier League games going in, of course, um, as many as our last 15. Wow, yes, uh, we lost, we last lost three in a row in November 2019, uh, but our form against Aston Villa is pretty good, uh, winning our last four Premier League matches against them. Uh, and Villa are winless in their last eight facing us. Their last against us was back in December 2013, a 3-2 win. But not anymore. Thanks to poor decisions through no fault of our own, uh, we were denied a stonewall penalty for handball and an offside decision which was beyond a joke. Uh, Villa ran out 1-0 winners, a goal against the run of play from Ross Barkley. Uh, the eleven. McCarthy, Diallo, Bednarek, Stevens, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Redmond, Ings and Walcott. Uh, the bench of Forster, Valerie, Adams, Watts, Ramsey, Gineppo, Lundalu, Long and Jankovic. Fellas, there'd be plenty of chances to talk through how ridiculous and how hard Dumbo we are and how angry we are. But before all that, Kevin, I'll go to you first. Uh, three changes from that Arsenal defeat. Valerie and Adams drop to the bench. Bertrand returns from suspension. So Redmond, yeah, comes in for the first time in three months. And Romeu back after missing five games. Uh, questions over the starting 11. People trying to second guess yeah. Ralph's decision with that lineup. He did opt for James Ward-Prowse at right back. Um, Valerie misses out. Is that down solely to the threat of Jack Grealish? Or, you know, I mean, but, but what does it do for Valerie's confidence now? playing in your position because you cannot be trusted. It's just a slap in the face, isn't it? I don't know. I think it depends on how Ralph has explained it to to Valerie. I think um, if he does say tonight, look, we know, everyone here knows that um, Wood Brass is Captain Shithousery and we want to put him there to, to deal with the threat of Grealish. I think he'd just have to say, yeah, we monsieur and um, sit on the bench and wait for his turn. But yeah, a bit of confusion of whether Diallo or Ward Prowse would play in that right back position. Yeah, I mean, Diallo, did. I'm guessing. Well, yeah, I mean, Diallo, he did look, look alright when he was playing at full back against Arsenal. Um, and Ward Prowse has kind of played in that position before. So, yeah, I mean, so it's a difficult situation to be Well, be. I yeah. saw the lineup and Sky had it down as Diallo as right back. And I thought, yeah, so, well, I mean, yeah. I was talking to Statman Steve and I said, surely it would make more sense for, for Ward Prowse to be playing back there. But just because of his experience and he can, if anyone can deal with um, Grealish, it's going to be him. But um, yeah, everyone was unsure. It was definitely a compliment to the other that he, he favours in that central position. Oh, He's for sure. Getting back yeah. and good getting forwards. And I'd agree with him now. Yeah, Tim, so, ha- happy with the 11? So with Ward Prowse being at right back, I feel like he was taking the experience or when he had to fill in a few few times last year, where and especially that put Saka on, uh, put uh, Waha, Zaha, Zaha in his pocket. That t- that game where he was able to shithouse uh, Zaha into a red card, yeah. I think he took that and has that experience, and he wanted to put the best players on the field. And so while he threw Ward Prowse out of position, but the Romeo and um, so by having Romeo and Diallo, Diallo's been excelling really well. I was comfortable with it. And also knowing, I guess, Ralph saying, Valerie isn't good enough for this team. He's not. I don't want, he's like, I don't want him there. 
and it sucks to hear it's got to be shitty for his for his uh confidence but overall he wanted the best players on the pitch at the time and he feels that playing Roy Prowse out of position is better than playing Valerie and outside of that uh Adams not starting where we had Walcott up top I thought Adams would have been better to start oh I'm sorry Redmond up top and I would have felt that our Adams should have started as well. Yeah, I mean the the formation itself uh, and the positions they were playing and changed changed constantly uh, did, yeah. through, throughout the match and confused the fuck out of me. Yes, yeah. If you, I, saw, I, I if saw, you saw yeah. my if you saw my telegram, I'm like, what the mm. hell is this formation? It is the most fluid thing I've ever seen. You know, it was it looked like a four two three one with Redmond dr- dropping so far back into the what would be the midfield level. Um, no Adams uh, up top, Ward Prowse right back. Everybody was flip-flopping sides. It was the most fluid more, where we, we normally see a rid, fairly rigid formation and not going back and forth. I couldn't keep track of it at all. And I mean, we were playing three at the back at some points. Yeah. Ward Prowse forgot that he was supposed to be right back. <laughs> it was yeah. just all over the place. And while you could see that the, we had a 2.0 XG, which had in a number of chances – to allow for that and just kind of confused Austin Villa, like I didn't get it. <laughs> like it was hard for me to follow and keep up with it. What a shambles! What what a fucking shambles! I mean, <laughs> let's start with um. Well, as the title suggests, the phantom handball penalty, thigh ball. Um, the handball from Matty Cash. What is going on here? Because he stopped the root of the football with his hand. And when v- when VAR were checking this, I got up to fix myself a drink. I was, you know, merrily shouting myself away like, yeah, this is done. You know, what a chance to take an early lead. But, you know, never, never did I think this wouldn't be given. Commentators didn't either, did they? What was going on? Anybody watching that match um, thought that that wasn't a penalty, apart from a certain Mike Dean, who managed to find... Darth Dean. Is <laughs> um, I mean, Jesus, where where do you start? I mean, this is just uh, trying to find some little technicality to to rule it out. I mean, th- these are you know fag paper thin decisions, and I'm going to repeat my call that I do every time that we have one of these conversations. If it's that close, if anybody seeing it can see that's a penalty. Why should VAR be allowed to overrule the referee's decision rather than just providing him with the information and take a look at himself and the referee can say, I don't think that's a penalty or no, I think yeah. that's a penalty. I what agree. the fuck is that man doing on the pitch? Yeah. He made the decision to, no, he didn't give it as a penalty, did he? But if, yeah, so, if VAR had said to him, look, like you need to go and take a look at it, make your decision yourself. But I mean, the rules state, if it comes, you know, off another part of the body uh, and then onto your hand, then no handball was given. I understand that. But when it's as close and as minor, it shouldn't fucking matter. You just need to use some common sense. I mean, does it mean that it goes the other way too? Can you, like, volley the ball onto your own fist and punch it in the fucking goal because it come off your foot first, right? It doesn't matter. It's I was going to say, yeah, if, uh, if it came off Manador Maradona's thigh first before he punched yeah. it into the goal, would that have counted? Exactly. You can see he moves his arm down. Um, they talk about the, the silhouette and body shape and all that. Uh, it, it's not right. It's not right. It's a clear handball. It's kind of, yeah. I and mean, I'm not even sure I can see it hit his thigh, if I'm honest. It's that minor. No. 
And as Gary Lineker said on Match of the Day, cash in hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that somebody made that point. Um, for, for both of them, right, they have to slow it down and they're looking at like one or two frames. And I don't know how many frames the camera takes. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed by the, the shit quality of the video they've got. You'd think that they'd have, you know, 4K cameras there to, to film it that would be, um, doing it, you know, 100 frames a second. So you can do these kind of photo finish. Uh, analysis and it's just you know you've got a grainy yeah. elongated it's like, it's like someone's filmed it on their iPhone from a hundred yards away uh, yeah I mean it's just uh, does, does his does his quad wobble when the... yeah fuck off yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a handle Tim your thoughts yeah. on this I have had said this before and I'm going to say say this again about handball there are, there should be two absolutes when it comes to handball in in the box if the if your arm is above your shoulder and it touches your hand that's a handball if the the ball hits your hand in route to a shot on goal that would not hit your body uh meaning that if your hand, if his hand was down in it hit in if his hand was down Away just, from his know, body and it side. stops the route of the ball on towards goal, yeah. Like Correct. LBW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it exactly. Stopped, yeah. It stopped the shot. The ball hit the hand and affected the ability for the shot on goal. That is a hundred percent clear handball. That even if it's off his thigh and hits that, it's a damn handball because it affects the root of the shot of uh, of the shot. Going back to where you know, we got that handball right at the beginning, like the, in the Tottenham game where it bounced off off his foot and, and whoever it was, uh, Nabo- um, J- uh, Musa, um, okay. got Tottenham guy bounced off his foot and his hand with an outstretched arm. It didn't affect the shot. It was awkward. It was weird. It was completely unintentional. Not a handball, but two definitive things you can do and you can say is that if, the, if it hits your damn hand while the, while the while the ball is being shot towards the goal, that is a fucking handball, and they better fix that shit because that is extremely definitive. Yeah, I mean, we saw at early parts of the season they were giving handballs for absolutely everything, stupid, stupidly. Mm-hmm. Now it just seems you can't get one for anything when it's as clear as that. It's just that they just can't seem to get it right. Um, but moving on from that, Tim, in spite of that poor decision, those first forty minutes were all us. I mean, we, we were creating the chances. Um, and then they scored the goal against the run of play. Uh, Ross Barkley with that with the open header. Uh, Jack fucking Stevens lost in between Watkins and Barkley. So was Bednarik as well. I mean, Bednarik was used in this match as as cover for you know when and if Prousey gallops forward. Grealish was able to sprint past Prousey with ease. I, I am going to say he's not a right back. Uh, Bednarik tried to cover and go towards Grealish, leaving Stevens alone with Watkins and Barkley. He took neither of them, um, and then Villa went one up. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, uh, coming down on um, Jack fucking Stevens marking ghosts, uh, or was I said yesterday, it's kids' homework rather than um, Aston Villa plays. But I mean, okay, yeah, he, d- he does get beaten, but I think you say he marked neither. I think he was maybe distracted by by Watkins running there, who's sort of going towards him, but not. Um, and then, yeah, Barkley. Just, just manages to get acres of space for that, for that header. Um, yeah, fair, fair play to him. And great ball in from, from Grealish there. And again, yeah, straight to that penalty spot. 
Um, yeah, WordPress, WordPress got caught too far forward. Um, so that's where that chip, o- chip over the, uh, of reward prowess, allowing for the beautiful ball from Grealish. I think w- Walker Peters there in that position wouldn't have got caught out as, as bad or may have been able to have a play on the ball with Grealish. And I think that would have been able to be there. Uh, Stevens and Bednarik took the space. They didn't take a player. Uh, and, Barkley had a half step shorter than them, which which Grealish was able to see with a beautiful ball with a curl to the outside, put it on a platter for him, knocked it straight in the goal, and that's you can't do much about it at that point. We had a bad decision go against us, but we still carved out plenty of chances, right? Um, and we should have taken at least one of them because Bertrand shot wide, Armstrong curled one wide. Adams had a one-on-one and, and hooked it straight at, at Martinez with the outside of his right boot. Uh, Redman fired over from closer range. That pinball in the box from the corner, you know, the, the Bednarik header, the Adams rebound, Stevens on the third. Just It was just going to be one of them days, wasn't it, where it wasn't going to go in? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first half, I mean, it wasn't particularly imaginative. Um, they managed to hold us off quite well. I think we were good in possession. When you're getting into that final third, I thought we were a bit bereft of ideas, to be honest. Um, you know, play it down the flanks, cut it back to the middle, and you've got to try to either, you know, crack it at goal or try and um, send in a little cross in, into the box. But, uh, yeah, again, Arsenal, see? It was all merging into one. Um, yeah, no, a bit of a better to it. But, I mean, the last... You know, those injuries... Um, that we had there. I think, again, um, it took us a lot of time to adjust to, adjust to them. Gineppo, again, he dropped a right back at one point. I don't think he knew what he was doing. He was halfway no. between the two. They were saying, yeah, he's, he's gone straight to right back, but he was playing more forward than he was back, and he was leaving such open spaces back then. I thought, does he know what he's doing? Has he been told that he's supposed to be right back? Well, it's what you get for playing so many players out of position. They're going to just um, eventually, you know, float into their more natural spaces. Yeah. It's muscle memory. <laughs> yeah. And, and G- GPS. Yeah. And, and Tim, just as we think that the injury curse is relenting, which, which was struck down once again, as we mentioned in the injury report, Diallo comes off. Walcott looks set to miss a significant amount of time as well with that hamstring. And uh, obviously, Romeo limped off as well. It's just it's just all, all going wrong now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how about the biggest fuck you to the board by saying, I'm going to play a left winger at right back because I think this is a good idea. He's saying that we need players. We need them now. He's showing the board that I need some signings. So now we're dropping. We dropped Romeo. We've dropped Diallo and we dropped Walcott. Seeing all three of those players, it, it, you know, we're literally going to be trotting out half of, half of the players that we have remaining in the first team and then the academy at this point. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think about it, but I'm really scared for that Walcott injury more so than I think Diallo might be a little bit better than or might be a little less time than Walcott's injury. And hopefully Romeo didn't aggravate his calf strain as well. Uh, this isn't good. It's just what I'm going to do. Somehow, though, Romeo and Diallo are both out. Ward Prowse and Jankowicz in the. Yeah, and hopefully Walker Peters is back. But I mean, somehow, Tim, you said it's a big fuck you to the board. I don't think Gal. I don't think he's. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's bothered. I think Sean Dice tried it at, at Burnley, didn't he? He was playing players out of position because he was so thin, and he was just saying to the board, "Look, this is what I'm working with here," and it didn't work with them. It's not going to work with us. There is nothing coming in, and Ralph knows that. That's why 
that you know the frustrating frustration at the interview that he had Kevin, perhaps the biggest injustice for the entire evening, probably the entire season. Um, uh, Ings offside. How unbelievable is that? I mean, well, d- discuss. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that cunt again. It's Mike Dean trying to differentiate between arse and elbow and failing <laughs> miserably again. Yeah. Um, fuck me. I mean, it, again, you have to draw microscopic lines on a, a grainy image his level yeah if you have to look at it that way I mean you can draw the lines however you want really I mean, it's like statistics that you can manipulate to, um, to to show what you want if you do it the right way here um, yeah I mean if it's those fine differences you have to look at the screen grab that they've got and that they're drawing lines on it Um Who's to say that the line isn't on the correct parallel? I mean, it's not through the 3D image that they're looking at. So that finer margin, um, does it hit the, the, the top of his sleeve or the bottom of the sleeve? Um, does it matter? Does it really fucking yeah. matter? Just don't even put the lines up. Just look at the play. You can see he's on side. You don't need the fucking lines. When it's that close, give the benefit of the doubt to the striker. Again, use some common sense. It was Matty Cash's ass against Danny Ings' black armband. Yeah. yeah. Just forget the fucking lines. You don't You don't need them. It's just that, that that did not need to be given like that. He's not offside. I mean, how can they see that? It's just... Oh, my God. It's 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 ridiculous. Tim, how... I actually feel like I'm, I've provided quality content in this podcast now because two situations that I've mentioned before are coming up in this one time. The shot on goal, if it's being deflected by the hand, it's a handball. The margin for error within the line should not be five millimeters to determine an offsides. You need a much wider base in which you can allow for that margin of error because you could have a flimsy T-shirt or you could have, you know, Matty Cash's jock strap sticking out a little bit more. To be a little bit <laughs> All right. I don't care. I want that margin of error to be, you know, we're looking at probably, I don't know, two or three inches or something like that, not five fucking millimeters. So within that margin of error, then you have the ability to say that person's, we can't determine it because it is too close because there could be those variables of the t-shirt or the knee or weed. You find the spot and then you have that margin for error going either side and bam. If it's equal in that case, within that margin of error, so always, uh, it always goes towards the offensive team. Therefore, they should have not called it as offsides. I was fucking pissed. Because they're literally finding millimeters. There, it is not infinite. I get it. It's not perfect. It should not, I, but in this case, in this situation, you should build in that human element to say, this is even enough to me that it should be a goal. And that five millimeters joke is, you're not, you don't have the ability out there to have a chain gang like you have in the NFL. You don't have all these other things that can, that can affect mm. it. You can change just the angle of a T, you know, that just the angle of the camera, which will allow for a look a different way. No, you need to build in a larger buffer for error. And in that case, it would have been tied. And then we wouldn't have had to be looking at the ass of Matty Cash for, <laughs> you know, for five I mean, fucking minutes. Kev, or, I mean, 
Also, I couldn't figure out if who Manny Cash looks exactly the same as Jack Grealish. Okay, <laughs> he's just like a little bit smaller version of him, and he looks like just like a, a big as a punk as he is. All right, <laughs> I could not fucking figure out who the. I just think they look the, they they look the same. Fuck this. Fuck it all. <laughs> Kev, fuck everything. Before 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 Tim slams down and goes out, um, do you think Kev, if the linesman hadn't put his flag up, that they would have given this off? Do you think VAR would have been like, all right, okay, let's um let's go against what the linesman has put there and let's uh let's yes, say it wasn't that's correct. I, if he didn't put his if he put didn't put his hands up, you you would basically revert to the call on the field. That happens that's what all I the mean, time. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm, I'm thinking hands, if if, if, if Mike. Mike Dean was was swayed by the fact that the lino put his flag up. The lino puts his flag up, and that sways Mike Dean's like, all right, I'm going to make this all about me and uh, try my best to overturn the decision. He didn't overturn the decision. That's what I'm saying. If he hadn't have put his flag up, and it would have, um, and the referee would have given it as a goal because he had no reason not to, then they would have checked it on VAR anyway. But do you think Mike Dean would have changed the decision then? So okay, I mean maybe maybe that is a de- defence then that they're. Um, regressing to the default position of the officials. Um, but I mean, that to me sounds highly unlikely. Um, we, we, we've seen that they, they like to turn around decisions where they can. Yeah. And the, the referees are pretty much getting more and more relevant, uh, nowadays. Um, I, yeah, I don't think Mike, Mike Dean's influenced by anybody but his, his own head. Um, well, yeah, can I say, all it would have taken for uh, Matty Cash to to play Ings onside would be for him to have fired or for his shorts to have billowed out by a few <laughs> millimetres and then Ings he would have been fine. Yeah, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. That's, that's three losses on the spin now and we've slipped to 11th, bottom half now. Uh, Leeds three points back with a game in hand. That is Leicester right now, I believe, and I think... It's 1-1. One, one. Um, so, yeah, that's half-time at the moment, and that is 1-1. One, one. Um, but, yeah, Kev, they, they showed this game on Match of the Day last night. They should have fucking shown it on Crime Watch, because that was a fucking robbery. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you probably... Mike Dean's the, the most hype. wanted man in, in, in the country right now. I think you'll be able to uh, find the highlights on Pornhub, because uh, <laughs> we got totally fucked in the ass by VAR. Um, also, I just want to say to all those fucking idiots out there who think Ralph should be sacked. I mean, honestly, is that what? That? Oh, I'm hearing it on social media. There's people going, you know, Ralph out. How on earth can what? you blame this loss on Ralph? You, you can disagree with some of his decisions, right? Involving personnel, tactics, sure. Okay, you can't please everyone, right? I'm not sure what makes me more angry, if I'm honest. He is doing the best he can with the current situations. Fixtures are coming too quick. Injuries are occurring. The squad is too thin. Players want out. We don't have the funds to strengthen. And we cannot compete against fucking Mike Dean and his ruler. (laughs) His little protractor. Yeah, I mean, the the, the anger I can understand. Um, Yeah, no, very fun. I mean, what the fuck? It's going to happen, isn't it? This is fickle fickle fans. It's going to happen. Well, it's bollocks. I mean, we know the board's done totally behind them. As uh, commentators never tire of reminding us. But Gowow, I can understand. The funds aren't there. Ralph's not the problem. Um, we do maybe need a little bit of investment. But the you know the financial situation is awful with 
no gate receipts and 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 covid and with all the injuries and everything and all of the the past mismanagement of the club um and going to gal cap in hand it's not an option apparently so yeah if you want to vent your frustration at that good i can understand that yeah we're not a pig that needs to be alone yeah, leave him alone. We're, we're, we're 100% behind him. We don't want any of it. And if you feel like that, think like that, then, then just don't comment. Just keep it to yourself. Uh, Tim, man of the match? Uh, Mike Dean. <laughs> yeah, he had a good one, didn't he? <laughs> it's the Mike he had Dean a great, he had a, he had a really good one today. Yeah. So, you know, Somebody man can. of the match, uh, oh, geez. I mean, it's tough. I'm going to go with Romeo because I think he looked really good out there sometimes. Uh, I really think he just was, Making those little quick touches here and there. He got a couple fouls against him by body blocking, uh, especially the one that was in the, uh, the, with a free kick that Ward Prowse had. Uh, overall, um, I'm going to go with him. Um, I think Bertrand um, looked good coming back. Uh, fresh reminders all, um, why we miss him so much. Uh, but I'm just going to give it to Armstrong again. I, I always give it to the player who gets me out of their seat most and, that was uh, true for me. I think he had a similarly strong performance to to his performance at Arsenal. Uh, I'm I'm going to disagree with that one, Kevin. I don't think he was great at all. Um, mm, no, I don't think it was his best. I'm not saying he was bad, but I just that yeah, I don't know. Too much of nothing went missing in periods. But I'm going to side with with Tim. I'm going to go with Romeo. Um, I just think he was a little bit sharper. He won the ball back so many times and he led the team in tackles and blocks. He was positive as well, you know, most, most progressive passes and dribbles too. That's very, very important having him back. And I know he limped off, but oh God, we need him for that United game, don't we? And speaking of which. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The long and winding road. Old fucking Trafford. Okay then, uh, so we travel to Old Trafford to face Solskjaer's United on Tuesday, the second of February, eight fifteen kickoff, live on BT Sport. Uh, fresh in the mind is their collapse against Sheffield United on Wednesday. It was a shocking result. Um, but before that, I mean, obviously they've, they've just drawn with Newcastle as well. Uh, sorry, Arsenal. Uh, but before that, uh, really, really improving. Uh, top of the league for a large portion of this calendar calendar year. Uh, slipped to second, I believe now, because of that loss to the Blades. Um, was it just a minor blip, Kevin, or is it what United have been doing of late? You know, one step forward and two steps back. Yeah, they seem to have come out of nowhere, really, to um, jump to that top spot. Um, but, yeah, they've gone from just about doing well enough to doing well consistently um, yeah losing to Sheffield tonight and that's a that's a weird one and that drag nil nil they're, they're still the team that beat us 3-2 earlier on in the season even if they've improved a little bit looking at our team the way it is I, I'm not confident at all no I've lost my confidence to be honest I mean, our, our last win at Old Trafford was January 2016 um, that was a 1-0 win uh, a goal from Charlie Austin on his debut. Uh, and also, we won 1-0 the year before that too, in 2015. Um, Dusan goal. I was there for that one. Um, scores this time then, guys. Um, I'll start with you, Tim. Manchester United, they're winning 2-0. I got that too. 
I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, Kevin. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm on the button, as it were. I I can't I can't the the, the way I am with this prediction league. I can't go the same as you two, surely. Um, and I take a risk. Go three three nil United. Um, and then from one United to another. Sports at St James's Park. Okay, then St James's Park. Uh, Saturday, the 6th of February, taking on Newcastle. Newcastle, terrible form at present, in spite of that win yesterday. Um, Steve Bruce is under immense pressure. Hadn't won since December 12th. Since then, it was seven losses and two draws. But as I say, yesterday, an absolutely massive victory against Everton. Um, but our record at St James's Park is abysmal. Uh, we won comfortably at St Mary's in early November. Uh, but the last win at St. James's was January 2015. Far too long. Tim, is this the time that we need to put that poor record to bed? Is there no better time to play them? Or is it, you know, is, is there no better time to play us either? It's all on us. It's not on them. So Newcastle, they just beat Everton. So they're get, they're going to be high off of a 2-0 win going into it. Uh, I don't know who they play midweek or so. But overall, Palace. they, they play Palace. So they could get two results there if they even so if they win or they draw that's going to be four four or six points from two games and they're going to walk into us and say we're there we're missing half the team and we can't field it and they could they should be able to take us and i think anybody should be will uh, be interested in wanting to play us right now because of our our injury issues so to us we need to be able to show that despite the injury issues we can hold we can hold to it and we don't collapse uh, it's understandable to lose 2-0 to Man United, even if we are at a full squad. It's understand, but we cannot do that against Newcastle. Uh, I think they're going to try a play a little bit more conservative, even though it is Newcastle. Um, Newcastle, all they want to do is counter, and I know we want to press high, press high, press high. But I think we're actually going to re- release and relent off just a little bit. So I expect a zero-zero draw. Oh, you're going a nil-nil draw. And it's, it'll be a snore fest too. I also think this has got nil nil written all over it. <laughs> um, well, I've got a draw also, but I, I've got a one one. I've got a scoring here. It's going to be a free kick or something or a corner like like Arsenal. Um, right, okay, Tim, thanks again for your candor this week. Another busy one next time with two Wolves games to prepare for. So we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll hit you up with the Man United, Newcastle United, and. Yeah, two Wolves games. So, yeah, thanks again, Tim. As always, up the Saints. Cheers, Tim. Stay angry. Hi, I'm Matt Tissier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, welcome back to Extra Time. Uh, We'll start with the predictions then. Uh, So, from Arsenal, I went 1-1, you went 1-0 Arsenal, uh, and Tim went 2-2. Um, you get the points, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, yep, uh, so that leaves the scores 32 to me, 21 to Tim, and 19 to you. You're definitely closing in. Uh, and the Villa game, uh, we all, well, I say we all, well, me and you went for a Saints 2-1 win, uh, and Tim went for a 1-1 draw, so no points. Hang on, I think we should get our points. Fuck Mike Dean. <laughs> 32 to me, 21 to Tim, 19 to you, still the same. Um, and Wife Wars. So, Gemma went 2-0 Saints for the Arsenal game. Marina went 1-1, and Abby went 2-1 Saints. So, they stay the same. Um, the Aston Villa game, Gemma went 0-0. Marina went 3-1 Saints, and Abby went 2-1 Villa. 
So she picked Ooh. up two points there. So at the moment it stands Gemma and Marina on 13 and Abby on 11. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty close there. Uh, Super Six, Super Six, round 29, um, an update. Uh, was actually won by Kevin Byrne with 16 points. Um, and yesterday's round 30 was run, was won by John Takeen on five points. And overall, Tom Hennigan, 246. Oh, no, I forgive me. Round 31 was yesterday, and that was actually won by Stephen King. Um, 21 <laughs> points to Stephen King. Good one. Um, and overall, Tom Hennigan has a three-point lead now with 253 uh, Kevin, fantasy football. Yeah, um, my team is shit this week. Um, Son's yet to play. He's my captain. Uh, I've got Martinez on the bench. Uh, I should have really put him in there, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, didn't really talk about last week, uh, last game week, sorry, because that was the midweek one. I only got 35 out of that. Um, I did have Saka in there. I bet he wasn't my captain. Um, how about your team, Ray? Uh, this week, uh, 47. Oh, that's good. It's not too bad, considering, I mean, I, I looked at it and thought, oh, no, this is not very good. But then I'm looking at everybody else around me. Um, I'm looking at Mitrovic from Matt Markster. He's on 40, so I'm ahead of him just. Uh, Freddie's having a shocker. He's only on 12, but, um, has he got anyone to play? He's got some Man City players that have scored zero, so that's how he's got, he's got Sun still. Um, and Tim, good old Tim, uh, he's only on 25 at the moment. So I look like I'll be, I should close the gap. I've actually got um, Stuart Dallas in my team who scored today. So oh, wow. That's, that's good. Um, I've got Schmeichel still playing at the moment. I've got Madison still playing at the moment. Um, and I've got Dyer to play. That is it, though. I've only got... Uh, Eric Dyer from Spurs to play still. Um, yeah, I got I got Dallas in there as well. Oh, but, um, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still rooted to the bottom of the table, or second bottom. Um, yeah, you're still in the conversation. Yeah, about a thousand behind uh, Matt Markstone. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. He's going to be tough to beat this season. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll give you the manager of the month for January. Uh, in the next one. But yeah, again, looking at our big podcast league, um, Lucy Heiner is at the top, uh, Bobby Brown's Magic Saints in second, and Dan Buck's absolutely fabricous in the, the Bobby Brilliant. Brown. Oh, he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> then we had this conversation before. <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting a sense of deja vu. Yeah, wow. Um, Kevin, Russian phrase. Okay, slip boy, kak, crop. Slip boy, kak, Crop. Slipoy kak krok. Slipoy, slipoy kak krok. What does that mean? That means uh, literally as blind as a mole. <laughs> or blind as a bat, as we like to say. And uh, yeah, that one's for you. Brilliant. Mike Dean. Wanker. Um, Bastard. Yes. So next week then, Kevin, we have Man United and Newcastle games to go through. Uh, and we will preview both our FA Cup fifth round tie against Wolves and the Premier League game against them just a few days after that. Um, but until then, over to you, Franny. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.
Sounds fucking sinister. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.